Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Showbound podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin. Once again, joined by Barry Colts superstar forward, Ethan Cardwell. <laughs> Cardi, what's up? Uh, not much, man. You got me up early for this one. Um, for the listeners who are listening, um, me and Rask always try to record our, our part as close to the episode as we can. So here we are at 6.30 on Tuesday morning, just grinding it out. But uh, everything's for the fans, right, Rask? Oh, yeah. And uh, I I said, you want to do it in the morning tomorrow? You want to go 9 a.m.? And Cardi's like, 7. <laughs> I was like, all right. So yeah, you're me up. <laughs> I go 7, and then uh, we wake up. And then I'm like, yeah, we got to get this going earlier. I got to leave. So we're we're buzzing. We're going to be done this by seven. And and then we'll, we'll have the whole day ahead of us. Eh? And uh, and then you guys are going to hear this great episode, hopefully at uh, 6.30 tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. The early, early morning showbound listeners got to love them. So, I mean, what's up with you this week, man? Not too much. Um, I'm skating a little bit um, in the gym, as always. And uh I don't know, a little bit of golf. And I know we have some good news on the golf front. Uh, we kind of have a little bit of a confirmed date. that It'll be either be next next Monday or Tuesday. We'll be doing the Showbound Showdown. And uh, it'll be featuring Cole Perfetti and Owen Tippett as a pair versus uh, Michael Raskin and Ethan Cardwell as a pair. And it'll be hosted at the wonderful Oshawa Golf and uh, Curling Club. So stay tuned. Um and that, that's going to be really soon. And I know if some people were asking Rask and Rask is the guy editing. So I'll let him get back to you on when it might air. Yeah. When it, it'll come out, I'd imagine a week after we do it. So you can expect it in about two weeks. I don't want to like put a confirmed date on when it's coming out yet, but that's how I think it'll, it'll probably take that long to edit. It's going to be about like a 45 minute to an hour long video on YouTube. So some good long form content and it's going to be, I think it's going to be hilarious. So I'm really excited to get that going. Um, and my golf game is looking sharper than ever. I talked about it last week. I shot an 89. I played nine holes yesterday and I shot a 42. And uh, yeah, that, I'm on pace for 84. So, I mean, I'm uh, I'm basically chasing cards down here. I don't know. Yeah, you're only 14 off. I've been on fire too. I've had a few rounds under par lately, pretty dialed in at real courses, I might add. Um, <laughs> hey, this was as legit of a course. Ever. Did you see the view from that eighth hole I sent you? Yeah, that was pretty nasty. I saw that the T deck needed a little bit of work, but yeah, it's yeah, pretty it nice view there. But uh, <laughs> I want to uh, just quickly touch on can overlook Tampa Lightning mm-hmm. and uh, Montreal Canadian series here. So uh, give us your thoughts here on game uh, game five going into it and the well, final game four. Yeah, first of all, I do want to mention that you called last week Tampa and five or two weeks ago. I can't remember. Um, no, you did. You said five. I said six. I said, I said five. I thought I yeah. said four. You said, I'm going to be bold here. And then you said, no, bold would be a sweep. I'm going Tampa and five. Remember? I don't know. I, I do. I'm telling you, that's what you said. <laughs> okay. Well then here we go. I win then. <laughs> yeah. You said Tampa and five. I said Tampa and six. So that's, <laughs> that's funny that you don't remember. But yeah, no, um, I'm happy for Montreal to at least get one. Um, I wouldn't really mind if Tampa just closed it out now at home. It would be cool. There's also way more than 3,500 fans in the Bell Center. Can we agree on that? Yeah, it looked packed. I don't know. I They definitely are just greasing people in the back door or something. I don't know. Definitely looked like a lot more, though. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, Josh Anderson, man, the guy they picked up, he is an absolute superstar on this team. He's showing it. Two goals Monday night and the overtime winner and uh 
he's everything they need. Like he's a Stanley Cup type player. He plays physically. He blocks shots. He does it all, and he's strong, man. Like and he scores just everything you want in a player. And it's actually crazy that it was it was just one for one Max Domi, right? That trade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then they signed him to a big ticket. And that was a guy that we talked about with Dregs um, earlier on in one yeah. of our episodes. I'm not sure what number it was, but good in-depth analysis on uh, on the game and, and the, the players and the teams. Um, go talk to Dregs and go listen to that episode because uh, he yeah. called this Montreal going episode to the Episode 8 cards. Everyone check it okay. out. Okay, episode 8. Everyone go listen. But, yeah, no, I, it was it's pretty good. Like, Anderson – he got a lot of hate this year, maybe because he was struggling at times and stuff. But like you said, he is an NHL Stanley cup playoff player. And that's the type of guy you need. He's well-rounded. He's big, he's physical, he's strong. And as you saw in that goal last night, he just burnt the guy wide and then got it in front, held him off. And just everything a power forward needs to do. He did to a T on that play and at the end got rewarded, but I'm with you. I think Tampa game five, they win at home in front of a packed house, it'll be pretty special. Um, and then that'll be a wrap on our NHL season. Yeah, and you called it, and our that means our predictions for the last, like, three or four episodes have all come true. We've been, we've been doing well. But one thing I just want to touch on for, like, the young kids kind of watching this series, and we talk about Josh Anderson, one thing you can notice when, like you said, Cardi, he goes wide on the guy and shoves him in front of the net to Caulfield there. And then if you watch Anderson, he got hit behind the net. Like, he took the hit, but... He just went right to the net, like no quit. He did not give up on that play and went right to the net after getting hit. So that's something like you can't quit on a play and it led to an overtime winning goal. So um, that's just the work ethic. And like for any young kids watching, like that's what you got to do, you know? That a boy Rask, coach of the year here. Um, <laughs> but no, you're exactly right though. Like honestly, especially just getting to the dirty areas to score goals. Like people don't want to do it. Like I half the time I'm not doing it. I'm more of a perimeter guy and I'll be on the outsides on the power play and stuff like that. But like, if you want to score goals, go to the front of the net, take it off the chest, take it off the ass, like do yeah. whatever you have to, you're going to score goals and uh, it'll pay the bills one day if you do it. So oh, yeah. like grass said, get to the net, go to the net hard. And that's where the goals are. Yeah. Now uh, we asked for a couple fan questions for us on Instagram last night on Monday night. So, uh, I took down a couple of them. Most of them are for you, Card, but you're all, you're a little more interesting than me. So we'll uh, – but any, any of them that I can answer, I will. But the uh, first one, more of a demand, was uh, get more dub guys on the pod. And as you can tell by the title of this episode, we do have a dub guy, our guest this week, which we'll send to after we answer these questions, Braden Schneider, captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings, first-round pick of the New York Rangers. Um, and he played in the AHL a bit this year before lighting it up back in Brandon. And uh, we'll get that to you guys in a bit, but we, we'll have more dub guys on. We're, we're working our way, our network over to the Western side of Canada, right guys? Oh, for sure. And um, I know we talk about it in the interview and we did this interview like last week. And remember how we said like, hopefully Millsy gets a job, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know uh, who's Millsy for the listeners. Todd Miller, um, my former coach and Barry, the best. Um, couldn't say a bad word about the guy. And I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure if it's fully confirmed yet. Is it? I don't think it's public, but I think it's confirmed. Okay. Yeah. Todd we, we're breaking it here on the Showbound podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Todd Miller, the newest coach of uh, 
the Oshawa Generals. So super pumped for Millsy about that. Head coach, um, baby. Yeah, couldn't have landed in a better spot. He'll be close to my house, so maybe I'll see him a few times. And <laughs> we'll definitely still have to light him up a little bit, though, on the ice. But uh, great for <laughs> Millsy. Let's keep the fan questions rolling. Yeah, so uh, first question, we were talking about golf a little a little earlier. What does Cardsy shoot in golf? Well, back in my prime, probably three, four years ago, I'd say under par pretty much every round. Um, now you can find me anywhere between, I don't know, if I play really well, I could be like 67 still. But if I play an off day, I could shoot 77. So anywhere in there, but typically around 74 to 70 in the past few weeks here. Yeah, when uh, we were golfing over at Spring Lakes in Stoville a few weeks ago, you were having an off day, and I think you shot par one under. Yeah, I shot even there with a, a little bit of an off day, so I can I can still I'm normally around par. Yeah, not not bad. I don't know if par is good, but uh, it sounds pretty <laughs> legit. <laughs> um, how did you guys end up starting a podcast? I'll let yeah, you I'll take, take this one. Yeah. Um, it was like September, October, and you know, I was pretty bored in COVID like times and stuff. So I just texted cards out of the blue and we, we didn't talk too much leading up to it too, which was kind of funny, but I just texted him like, you want to start a podcast, like a hockey podcast and cards just like, call me. And then we called, talked it out. And within like a couple of days we had Cole Perfetti on and got that first episode out and never looked back. Yeah, man. At the start, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like so many people are starting podcasts, like, probably won't have any views we'll just be doing this for nothing and but here we are today we're gonna have probably eighty thousand listeners on this episode within three days of it airing so um yeah and that's all thanks to the fans the only reason we're still going and the only reason we're still gonna keep going for a long time um so gotta give them credit for for keeping this uh train rolling oh yeah and i'll shout us out without saying any details but cards and i are i think are about to get paid by uh by a new sponsor we're about to make get the good money going thanks to you guys (laughs) (laughs) um so here's a good one for you cards how did you deal with the lows and juniors i know like earlier episodes we talked about you being up and down in your first year so do you want to talk about like how you handled that um and what your mentality was yeah for any other lows that come to mind i guess as well yeah like scoring slumps being sent down injury there's a ton of things on the list that can knock a player down, especially a young player. I mean, not everything's going to go your way every night, especially. And you got to just be there and trust the process in your first year. You just got to learn how to play the game. You got to get comfortable. You got to pick up on habits from older players to understand what your routines are going to be. You have to go to the rink every day with a positive mindset and treat practice like the most important thing in the world, because you're not going to play big minutes in a game unless you're a superstar. Like for me, I'm going to go out there. I'm, I'm going to play maybe if it's a big game, I'm only going to play like eight or nine minutes and I'm not out there a ton. So I got to make my reps in practice and I got to go hard. I want to go against the best players every day in practice. So if I'm uh, lined up in, uh, in Saginaw and I, I'm going to go against Bodie Wild, a second round NHL pick, just guys that are going to test me every day. And then really just dig deep into your video, make yourself a well-rounded player so that when you are ready to step into the lineup in a top six role or a top four defenseman, you already know what you're doing, everything's set, and then you can just take off and let your game uh, play from there. So that's kind of what I did. And 
I just trusted my own process the whole time, just um, stuck to my guns, knew I was a good player and knew everything would take care of itself if I just um, stayed calm, stayed patient and everything's worked out to this point. Um, there's always a path for every player. So just trust yourself um, and most importantly, just have fun with it. There's no point in getting down as a young player, especially. You just got to stay even keeled, stay positive and, and just wish for team success and do whatever you can to help your team. Yeah. I like that answer. And just to kind of summarize it a bit, just if you're, I guess what you're saying too, if you're not, if it's not going your way, you're not getting the ice, but don't hit the panic button. Just like believe in yourself because you're there for a reason type of thing. Like don't freak out and uh, it'll work out. Um, Mm -hmm. Now next one for both of us, but you can go first. Who would be your dream guest on the podcast? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, you can you can always say like the Sidney Crosby's of the world, um, McDavid, just because they're NHL superstars at this point. But I think it would be so funny if we had like Biz on the pod. Oh yeah. Like, obviously, we're trying to catch Spit and Chicklets, and we will. Um, but no, Biz is like an ex Saginaw Spirit, like myself. Um, there is a few connections. Maybe we'll have to pull some strings and see if we can get them on, but. In the podcasting world, in sports and in hockey, I think he's up there as pretty well known. So I mean, he would be a cool guest to have on, or maybe Barstool Big Cat. That guy's a stud. So I I like your answer, and it kind of makes my answer look stupid because I I think first one that came to mind for me was Wayne Gretzky. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We could also I bet we could we can maybe get Bobby Orr on. He's an agent now, right? Like he. We have a ton of people who he represents. Like, he would be a pretty, pretty dream type guest for me as a defenseman. Yeah, Bobby Orr wouldn't be the worst guest yeah. in the world, I guess. So, yeah, I, I'd probably say like Wayner or uh, Big Bobby. So, we'll see. Maybe we'll get them both. <laughs> um, uh, we got uh, two more or one more. Who's the most underrated player you've played with? It's a guy I lived with, Cole Koski. No-brainer for me. He got overlooked, I think, two drafts in a row. He got drafted as a fourth-year guy. Um, he's nasty, and, like, he doesn't get enough credit for what he's good at, and, like, he's going to make it to the next level. Like, he's already playing in the AHL, but I feel like he can make the NHL one day just because he's a big body. Um, so much skill, all the skill in the world. He skates well, and he hits guys. He plays physical, so... I'd say Kosk, he didn't get enough credit for how good he actually was. So we'll give him the credit on here and a former guest of the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm all support any guest of the show. So he's he's definitely probably playing in the NHL next year. <laughs> um, I mean, there was a couple more. We don't need to get into all of them. But, I mean, we appreciate everyone for sending in their questions. And hopefully, you know, we'll do this again in a few episodes and we can answer more of them. Uh, but... We can send it over to Braden Schneider now, but before we do, I just want to say that summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach pod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for Hawkeye summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. 
First off, the new performance package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane and dare I say the goat of ball trimmers. Yeah, I said it. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild, and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose or ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. And I just want to say one thing, actually, that's funny, Cards. Um, so I've been getting on the ice again, as you've seen from my Snapchats and stuff, which I actually embarrassingly sent Cardsy a snap and posted on my story last night by accident. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. <laughs> and anyway, so the guy whose rink I go to, like I'm his friend and his dad's the owner of the rink. So I just hop on like for some free ice and he asked, uh, he listens to the podcast. He asked if I can get him like a manscape, the lawnmower, uh, just like he, he needs one. He's like 17. He's going to Erie Otters camp. Actually, you might see him next year. Um, yeah. So maybe he's seeing a girl or something. So I got him a manscaped uh, uh, lawnmower 4.0 as a thank you for, for the free ice. So that's a, that's a good gift. I would recommend it. But anyway, uh, with, with that being said, let's send it over to Braden Schneider. And uh, welcome to the pod this week, Braden Schneider. Schneid, super happy to have you on. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. I'm uh, glad to be here and I hope we have some fun. Yeah, so you're, you're fresh off a uh, gold medal with Canada at the World Championship. Could you, so can you quickly tell us about that experience and uh, h- how that was for you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, going there, obviously being a, a younger guy, you, you know that you're probably not going to get the, the, the most opportunity on the ice or you'll have to work for it a little bit more. But uh, to, I've never been to Latvia before and to be around guys who are obviously in the NHL and making a good living doing that, you, you learn a lot. And yeah, uh, there was a couple of younger guys there, Fetz and Pau, that I, I got to know pretty well. And yeah, I, it was a ton of fun and I, I couldn't be happier to come back with a gold medal. That's a, a pretty good thing to have on the resume. Yeah, it's not too bad to uh, add to the list of accomplishments. And uh, there's a lot that we'll talk about through this episode. But uh, now that you're kind of just kicking off the off season now, getting uh, into full swing of things here, just maybe relaxing a little bit. What's what's the off season looking like now for you now that you're settled in? Yeah, I'm uh, I just started working out a couple or I guess last week. I'm at a new gym in Saskatoon here, which is a little little wild with what they do. But two-hour workouts never done that before so it's tough but uh yeah gym and skates here in old saskatoon saskatchewan getting back into things and had a, had a good time off there because of the crazy year we had where it was go 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 and then quarantine then go again and body take body into mind takes a little bit of a toll from that stuff but 
I'm glad that I've had my rest and are back to a normal routine. Yeah, no, for sure. That's pretty awesome. And Rask, I know you got a few things on the world you might want to ask too, eh? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple and uh, feel free to hop into cards if you got anything. But one of the things I just wanted to know was like the the kind of team mentality when you guys are losing games, you, you're expected, I guess, to be winning early in the tournament. And everyone, including myself, is kind of like Team Canada sucks this year. Like, whatever, it's not that big a deal. But yeah. What's going on in the locker room? Like, are you guys like, we can still win this thing? Or how, how's that mentality for you guys? Well, I, I think uh, we're obviously the tournament. It's uh, one of those things that a guys usually go to if they can and they bring their families and whatnot. So Hockey Canada tries to make it more of a, a fun experience so that they can get uh, high-end players for the next time around. But yeah, after those first three losses, we were all pretty embarrassed. And to, to have that title as the worst team in Canadian history is a tough one to have. But I remember I was talking to to deeps and uh we were talking and he's like well you don't you never know with what happens when you have the canada logo on so when when things like that go around and you you know you always have a chance with that logo so we we weren't down on ourselves we were there to have fun and and uh, after a little bit of an embarrassment at the start it it uh we found a way to get past it and yeah with the logo on your chest you're it's you're playing for your country no matter what so you're, you're trying your hardest and you're having fun doing it so I think we just tried to stay positive and we got the result we were looking for. Yeah, no, you definitely did. And um, speaking of the result, I guess, what was that night like after the celebration? I know you guys have to fly home the next day. So did you guys just blow it out that night, go crazy? Or was it just like, keep it, keep it short and sweet? It, well, it kind of had to be short and sweet just because of uh, the whole quarantine situation. Like we, we couldn't do anything too crazy because we had, we wanted to try and get back and, and hopefully have a little bit shortened of a quarantine time. And uh, yeah, it ended up going, going just a quick night. We got uh, a nice little room on the penthouse floor of our hotel where there are some drinks and food and boys got to hang out together for one last time. And we were off early the next morning. Did you, I know a lot of the guys didn't sleep going out of the plane. Cause it was like, what's the point catch up on the sleep when you get home. Did you end up sleeping or no straight to the airport? Nope, not didn't sleep straight to the airport and yeah, tried to sleep a little bit on the plane to get the jet lag out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Not bad. I noticed you had the, like I posted a picture on the Instagram of you uh, asking for fan questions and stuff and you had the flow rocking while you were kissing the trophy and I see you cut it <laughs> off for our YouTube viewers. What do you, what do you like uh, the short hair or the flow better? Ah, uh, well, the, the flow had a, a lot going with me. I didn't cut it once through quarantine and it's been with me from, everything that's been hockey so i thought it was a. Uh, now that things are done it's time to chop that lettuce so yeah i i love the flow but i it feels it, it's weird having nothing but yeah it, it's it's nice to have a little bit of a lighter head that's for sure yeah hopefully it, hopefully it brings you the same success but uh, i want to talk about uh your time in juniors and brandon played for the brandon wheat kings and i mentioned before uh the show played with my buddy Logan Thompson. And I'm just curious, yeah. before we even talk about your time in Brandon, do you know about his uh, pregame routines, like the night before what he does before games? No, I don't. <laughs> this this one's a funny story. So <laughs> LT, this guy, it start, it, I found out about it at Brock when he played for me at Brock there. And it was the night before a home opener. And I go to the bar. I'm, I'm the general manager of the team. I can do whatever I want. 
I see this guy at the bar. He's our starting goalie the night before the home opener. And I, he's like, oh, like, what the hell, Ross? What are you doing here? I was like, what are you doing here? Um, and he goes, he's like, I'm not drinking. I'm going home at 12. I always go the night before a game. I did it in junior. I'm doing it here. and I'm going to do it at the next level. It's, it's part of my routine. And uh, he was telling me he used to, like, it worked for him, man. He's an insane goalie. But I, I want to know, like, what did you think of that guy when you played with him? Well, I, I, he was always super, super nice to me. We, me and him got along really well. And, but yeah, I, I know he, I'm not sure if, if getting in shit is the word, but I remember he always had the coaches on his ass for something. But <laughs> hearing that as his pregame ritual, I guess in a small town like Brandon, to, to see a, a guy of his caliber at the bar and then getting it back right to the coaches, it, it totally makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the man. No, no, I agree. He's the nicest guy. And, uh, but anyway, over to you, like, how did you find the adjustment to the WHL as a rookie, like coming in? And, uh, I know you had that, that underage game that, uh, there is in the WHL, but other than that, like your first full season, how was it for you? Yeah. First full season. I, uh, we had a, a really, really good team at the start of the year. We had guys like Kale Clegg, Tanner Kastik, LT as our starter, like super good. I think. I, I got a lot of opportunity. I think I was playing top four minutes right off the bat. So I wasn't, wasn't complaining at all. And I got power play looks and everything. So I was, I was loving every second of it. And uh, yeah, we, I think we went on a 10 game heater in our first half. And then the trade deadline came around and we lost to, uh, I, was it, it wasn't a good team, but we lost right when, uh, after Kale had gone to the world juniors and uh, I remember we, we sold the farm. We, we uh, uh, got Kale out of there, got Tanner out of there. I think we got someone else out of there as well. And, and then after that, we went on like a nine-game skid. So our, our, my first year had a little bit of up and downs, but we ended up making the playoffs. And I think uh, LT ended up getting a high ankle sprain or, or something. And, yeah, it, we ended up losing in the second round. But, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a ton of fun. I, I got a lot of opportunity. And, it was a crazy year, and I think I, I learned a, a lot from it. And I just have one quick question, too. I saw this in the fan questions, but uh, maybe you can confirm it. I saw they said uh, one of the fans sent in, you got drafted to Brandon one pick before your hometown Prince Albert team. Is that true? Yep, that is true. And, so, uh, I mean, Brandon's a great organization, historic, been around for a long time. But how, how was that? Did you Were you kind of getting excited you might go to Prince Albert? Or, like, how was the draft day for you? Yeah, I, I was. I definitely thought I was going to Prince Albert. I think they had put an article out with their scouts <laughs> saying that they they were really interested in me the night before, and then Brandon scooped in and picked me out. And at the time, it was like, oh, it would have been sweet to play at my home and stay at home. But at the same time, I don't think I would have had the the same experience that you have in junior. I, I in Brandon, I I got a ton of opportunity and I had uh, unreal billets, and yeah, I. Looking back at it, I'm super grateful that it happened. But at the time, I was like, man, I would have been, I wish I would have had the chance to play at home. Yeah. And that, uh, you talking about playing in Brandon was a great thing. And then it kind of took off in your second year. You kind of found your scoring touch maybe a little bit more that year. Um, did anything change in your game? Did you do anything different? Or was it just your confidence kind of shot up the roof and knowing that you're an established player and you can play in the league? I, I think it was a bit of both. I mean, my, my first year, I was really trying to, earn the trust so by doing that you usually play the the tougher way and that's the d side of things no one no one likes playing the d side of things but coaches love a guy who can uh defend well and can be trusted so i think in my first year i was like that a lot and 
yeah, confidence shot up and I had a, a bigger goal to get myself a little bit more of an offensive touch and yeah, confidence helped that a ton. And I was shooting a little more and jumping in the rush a little more and the numbers followed. Yeah. And then they continued to follow the next year as uh, you go into your draft year as a late birth, I guess. And, uh, 42 points in 60 games as a defenseman, unbelievable numbers going to the draft, especially a guy who plays physical and is big. So how do you find your performance as on an individual standpoint that year in your third year? Yeah, I, I think same thing, the confidence and the, the wanting to uh, chip in offensively, just it, it kept going up. And obviously our, our, our team, we were kind of in a rebuild the, the year before and, our team, we got a couple pieces in, in that my third year. And the, you can't do that sort of thing if you don't have good players around you. And our team got better and my confidence got higher. And, and uh, I guess I was a little bit more motivated due to the draft to, to try and chip in on the offensive part of things. Yeah, and speaking about motivation for the draft, um, pretty much everyone we have on uh, went pretty pretty high in the draft and stuff. So we always like to ask, so for you – during the draft year, did you find yourself looking at maybe some of the rankings or seeing where others had you against players that you thought you were comparable to and seeing where you might fall in the, in the draft or, or were you more kind of laser focused on your own game and working, uh, working your way up on your own? I, I think I, I, I was more focused on my, my own game and, and getting as our, our team as many wins and as far as we could into the later half of the year, obviously it got canceled, but, I, I, I was definitely more focused on myself and, and our team, but whenever there was a draft ranking, you, you're obviously going to take a peek at it and whether it motivates you more. I, I never took it. I always took it as a grain of salt and I know where I always stood as a player. I had an idea of where I would go or whatever, but uh, yeah, I, I always focused more on my myself and my game and, and our, our team and how many wins we could get. And uh, for the listeners, because we haven't mentioned it yet, you did end up going 19th overall in the first round of the New York Rangers. Unbelievable. So can you just take us through your draft day? I know it was the, uh, the virtual COVID draft and, and kind of like the moment you were picked, how it all went down for you. Yeah, I, that, that whole day I had for the, the draft itself, I had all my, I had my, my family. I was at my, my house and I had my parents and my brother and, and my billets and then my, and my girlfriend all in one. And and uh, you're, you're sitting there waiting and you're sweating. Obviously, you don't know where you're going to go and you, you hope it's uh, someplace good and as soon as possible. And to be drafted to a team like the Rangers, obviously, it's a super storied franchise and, and a, a, great, a great place to play from everything that I've heard. So I, I, it was unbelievable and it's, it's a day that I'll never forget. Yeah, and we had Ryan Strom on the podcast a couple weeks ago and uh, Cardsy asked him, I think, like the perks of playing in New York. And he's talking about, um, you know, the PR guy can snap his fingers, get you into any restaurant. And, you know, you're like, you run the city. And, oh man, it, it sounds like it's pretty cool. So you're definitely yeah. headed to a, an amazing city. And, uh, but I'm just curious, you know, you said you don't know where you're going to go. Did you have a lot of conversations with the Rangers or have any kind of feeling it could have been them? Well, I, I think I had, uh, I had one call with the Western Scouts and then I had a, a call with like the the whole management group and it was it was a longer call and it was a good conversation they weren't talking too much about hockey or my game it was just kind of getting to know me and we had a couple good laughs and things and other than that one call with the management I I I, it was a good call I had a good feeling after it but I didn't think anything uh crazy of it but uh 
yeah, it, I, I had no idea that they were going to be the team that I was going to go to. I know like there's been some turnover in the Rangers staff and all that since you've been drafted, but after the draft, was there anything the Rangers kind of told you of what they expect out of you or did they like, what did they kind of say to you? I, I think it was kind of everything that I had told them that I thought I could be at that next level. I, I think I'm a guy who I, I can play hard, the harder minutes. I, I like enjoy being a guy who's hard to play against and good on the, the defensive side of things. And, I think that's kind of what they expect out of me is uh, a guy who can play that shutdown role and, and let the, the other guys kind of do what they do. Yeah. And then after the draft following, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Hartford Wolfpack is the farm team for the uh, New York Rangers. And with the whole COVID year and the WHL not being sure when they were going to go and stuff and you going back for your fourth year and probably not quite ready for the NHL yet. You, uh, you landed in Hartford for, for a short period of time, or I'm not sure how long you were there, but you ended up playing two games and got an assist in one, one of those two. So how long were you in Hartford for? I, I was there for about, I think it was two or two or three weeks. I had gone down there just before their camp had started. And I was there for the, the first two games of the regular season. And yeah, that, that, that experience was, I thought that was awesome. I mean, everyone I've never been in a pro setting I've never been to a pro camp so that was kind of my first taste of it and and yeah it's crazy how how different it is from junior to pro even when it's in the minors it's still that much faster and that much much stronger guys and every every player there is good so I I, it was really eye-opening for me and and I was super happy that I was able to have that chance to to play a few games yeah and we always ask the guys who move away and you've obviously had billets for a few years in Brandon and everything and then going to pro for the first time what uh what kind of stuff were you living on your own there yeah well I was in a hotel with uh all the guys that were at camp that didn't weren't sure if they were going to be there for very long and then uh, as soon as camp ended they put me in I guess another hotel but you could rent the the room so yeah I, I remember walking downtown Oh, and then that, that's when I was on my own was in that with a kitchenette and things. So I remember walking down downtown Hartford in the middle of a snowstorm, trying to go to closest grocery store, which is, was like a shopper's drug mart. I forget what they, like the CVS in the States, I think it was to get, try and get food at the time. And, and yeah, that, that first experience was fun. And then I guess Darren Radish, he's a OHL guy kind of took me under his wing and brought a couple of the young guys out shopping. So until then I was, fishing for food at the start of the things and and now are you are you a decent cook like could you make your own meals or was it a lot of uber eats early on it was a i'm not a bad cook but early on i was i i ate at least two meals of uber eats and doordash so (laughs) it it was tough two meals a day going chipotle or whatever it was ordered to your door but until until i had ratty pick me up and get some groceries I, i i was really fishing for things at the start and me and Rask always talk about it too. Eh? We Rask that we need that promo code from Uber Eats for the young guys that we have on the pod because uh, we've had so many guys come on now that just say, yeah, I was in shambles. Just And I think it was uh, – you probably know Jarvis pretty well, being WHL guys. I think it was Jarvi, the guy who was just like straight up, yeah, I can't cook for shit. Um, I eats every meal. So yeah, he was like, he was like, no, like everything was Uber Eats. So we, we've had quite a few like that, but um, – back to your play in the AHL was um, did you find your play fit in well there? Or uh, do you think you got to work on some things to uh, fit in better at that AHL and then make the jump to the show? Yeah, obviously I, I, 
it, it just to have that experience was awesome. But I, I felt good. And I felt like I, I belong or I was good, good enough to be there, but obviously there's things like you can tell that it's just that much quicker. So even things like handling the puck and having that confidence in yourself, not to, to, to make that player make that decision and just do it in an instant instead of think about it because you don't have that time anymore. So, so uh, yeah, a couple things I would say was just getting faster, make, making my decisions quicker and obviously getting stronger. So uh, a few things, but I, I was happy with how I rip, or held my own there. Yeah. And then you get to take that AHL experience, that pro experience, and you ended up going back to Brandon. Um, we'll talk about the world juniors as well, but before that, just you destroyed the WHL this year. You know, <laughs> I got it written down 27 points in 22 games as a defenseman. Um, and you were also named captain this year. So can you just first talk about uh, what that was kind of like and how you found out you were going to be the captain of the team this year? Uh, yeah, uh, going back to Brandon, I I, uh, I knew we had a, a super good team, and and uh, I, it, it's a little disappointing because of COVID. Obviously, when you have a, a team that you've been building that long for, you want to be able to go go deep into the playoffs and and have a chance to win the whole league. But yeah, I or my coach gave me a call and we talked and he told me we were going to be captain that it would be named a little longer. And he's told he told me you deserve this. You've been here a long time and and uh, yeah, you're, you're everything that our team wants to embody. So I, I was super proud to be named named the captain and and uh, to have that year that we did. We were we were a pretty lights out team. I think uh, we we led the our division in goals and penalty minutes. So we were we were big mean and we could we could finish. So it, it was a ton of fun. I mean, being locked up in a university dorm room wasn't wasn't the best. And wasn't looking in wasn't the best thing ever, but uh, I don't think I've ever been more close to a team. Same with the World Juniors. When you're locked up in a little area like that for as long as you are, you only have only have the boys. So to get as tight with a group as that, it it was uh, pretty special. And and yeah, to to have the year that our team did and that I did, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and you you talk about your coach giving you the call, and actually Brandon had a new assistant coach there this year, and. Um, it was my former head coach last year and I love Millsy. So I want to, I want to get your take on Millsy as a guy, as a coach, just overall, because he was amazing and Barry. So how was he for you guys, especially as an assistant there? Yeah, he was, he was the D coach. So me and him, me and him talked a lot and, uh, for the bubble, we had to drive to the rink and he was our, our driver in my car too. So yeah, he was, he's an unbelievable guy. He, uh, I remember the first thing he told me, he's like, I, I know you're, you're a guy who wants to develop your offensive game and, and kind of make yourself more round, well-rounded. And this year, I don't want you to just do what you do and, and have fun doing it. So he gave me full, full, full leash to do whatever. And, and he was always talking and asking the boys, okay, can we get you something or can we get you a meal or is there anything we can do? And he, he is such a, a player's coach. It's unbelievable. And, I, I don't think I've had a better relationship with a coach in a long time. He he is such a beauty, such a good guy. And I, I was super, super happy that uh, he was able to be, or we, we were able to get him as an assistant coach and that I was able to have at least a little bit of a season with him because he's a, he's an unbelievable dude. Yeah. And beauty is the right word to describe him. I, I some, some great times with him and you obviously have seen it now. And he, and like you said, just such a player's guy. And I, I, 
think he more than deserves a head coach job wherever he lands here soon. And I hope, I hope he does in the next few years or potentially next year, but uh, yeah. So yeah. all the best to Millsy if he's listening, but yeah, I'll let Rask get back to it. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Millsy. He's the best. Um, I just, uh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you talk a lot about the quarantine time and being in the dorms and in the bubble in the world juniors. Like how are you passing the time? Are you a video games guy? I, I I was a huge video games guy, but honestly, in the bubble, it kind of made me get sick of it. I was playing them all day, every day for, well, when we had that little outbreak at the, the camp, we were stuck in a hotel for 14 days, so I was nonstop glued to the TV, couldn't do anything else, and, and honestly, ever since that, ever since I've been able to be out or talk to the guys, I, I haven't played many of them. After that, it's kind of just sucked the life out of me from video games. But yeah, yeah, at the start, I was nonstop glued to the TV, couldn't move me from my chair. And now it's a little different. Well, honestly, that's not bad. Cardi's against the video game lifestyle, but I'm all for it. <laughs> oh man, if if I was in the World Jays, like I would have brought my. I have a PS4, which you keep forgetting. Like I I have video games. I just choose not to. Like I'd rather hit the links or something. But like yeah. if I if I was locked up in a hotel room, yeah, I'd probably dabble a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just finishing up with this like WHL season, I'm curious just how you found for you. I mean, we talked about Mills, you giving you the leash and all that stuff. But do you find you know what it's just like? you're kind of over the WHL base. I'm just assuming you are based on the numbers you put up. Did you kind of dominate this year? Yeah, I, 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 we had, we had a super good team, so I can't say that I, I just dominated, but I, I felt like my, my confidence was so high and uh, I felt like I could, I could skate the puck. I could lay a guy out. I, I, I didn't feel like I was second guessing myself at all. So I think that that's, that's fun and all, but I think that's kind of the, the tall tale where, you know, you want to push yourself a little bit more and, and get to that next level. And Rask mentioned it earlier, but we're going to hop back into the World Jays as you can't skip over that. Pretty big deal. Uh, so you're a part of the silver medal winning team there with Canada this year. So uh, first, before we get into the tournament or anything, we've asked all the guys first, how did you find out uh, you made the team? Well, they ended up walking uh, the coaches and staff early in the morning they walked around the hallway and I got a knock on my door and I had my my mom and dad on the FaceTime call and they told me that I was on the team so that was that was pretty awesome and uh yes uh the GM and whatnot were all there and said congratulations I had my parents on the FaceTime that they had set up and yeah that's how we found out now is that the truth or did you find out from the email before like ryan suzuki was telling us everyone got emails right before that and some some of the guys had to fake that that they uh, didn't know yet when the because the camera crew oh well i i had no idea i, I must i must have never checked my email but i ended up <laughs> actually finding out for, at the door okay fair enough <laughs> yeah and and you had all your clothes on too i think we, we had somebody who came on who just didn't have their clothes on or something who was harassed <sighs> it might have been newy yeah yeah I think yeah. it was Louie or someone. Somebody said, yeah, new I, hook, yeah, I was in my underwear. I show up at the door and they're like, yeah, you made team canner. It's like, <laughs> oh shit, better, better throw some clothes on. <laughs> well, I, I, I had my shorts on and I don't know if I had my shirt or I was putting it on right when I opened the door and I, yeah, I opened it up and I was surprised to, to see all the people there. 
Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then, so for you, obviously world juniors is world renowned tournament. Everybody's watching every year. So to play on such a big stage without fans, was it different? Could you still feel the support or did it feel like something was missing? You you could definitely still feel the support. Obviously world juniors, no matter where it is, Canada goes wild for it. But I, I think there, it felt like something was missing because when you're on home soil and and you've uh, I, everyone who's played hockey has grown up watching the World Juniors and seeing how how wild uh, Canadian fans are for this tournament and and yeah it it was you could feel the support but there was definitely something missing because when you have a, a wall of Canadians cheering you on it, there's probably not much a feeling that's better than that when you're playing out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, just personally, like how how do you feel you fared in that in that tournament? How do you feel like you played as overall as a player and uh, as an individual there? I, I think uh, for me, myself, at the start of the tournament, I, I had a bit of a slow start. Obviously, I, I got suspended in the first period of the first game and and then uh, I had to come back and, and uh, kind of work my way back into the lineup. And I think against the, the checks in the quarters, I had a bit of a uh, – I had, I had a couple of bad mistakes and then ended up getting benched for a little bit. But uh, I felt for myself, my best two games came in the, the semis and the finals. So – I think my, my start was slow, but I felt like I, I built built my game throughout. So I was I was proud of myself for that, but I wish I could have had that same uh, confidence in myself at, earlier in the tournament. Yeah, maybe just if you weren't such a goon out there killing guys, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be Killing little German boys out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just ran them over, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but uh no that was that was brutal i remember everybody freaking out and that, that was tough but uh yeah yeah, yeah like you said you, your game cream around at the at the end of the tournament which is all that matters anyway but speaking of the finals um now that you look back on the tournament and saying you've gone to the world juniors i have a silver medal are you still are you happy to say that you have a silver medal or are you still kind of stung by the fact that you guys didn't win gold i i'd say i i'm, I'm still obviously it's it's unbelievable to even get a silver in that tournament but I, I think uh with the team we had and how good we were and how like close we came together in that bubble I think it it would have been a perfect cap to it is if we would have came out with gold so obviously it's great and all to have a silver medal at the tournament like that but uh it, it would be nothing like having the gold I'm curious just uh one that popped into my head a question unrelated to world juniors like I think we can move on on that side no, that I'm still stung about and I didn't even play on the team. But um, Adam Fox, defenseman, New York Rangers, won the, the Norris. Like, are you are you watching his game or, or is he a guy like you're kind of really excited to get to know and learn from? Yeah, definitely. Definitely excited to get to know him and get to learn from him. And I, I've heard I, – I haven't been able to meet many of those guys on the Rangers or I haven't met any of them. And, uh, yeah, to, to see – I watched in the bubble in Regina, I watched a ton of – the Rangers games and to watch how that guy plays and it's, it's so smooth, so smart. And I, yeah, super excited to, to, to pick up some things from him because he's a unbelievable player and he definitely deserved that, that uh, Norris trophy. So I'm, I'm also just curious, you said uh, you're in Saskatoon now uh, kind of kicking things going in the gym. What's, what's like a typical kind of week of your off season look like? How do you break it down? Well, I, I haven't got fully fully into it yet because you know how hitting the gym after a couple of weeks off feels. It feels terrible, but uh, I, I think this next week it'll be. I'll, I'll go to the gym at eight thirty, 
And at, at the place I'm working out now, we do about an hour of footwork and cardio. And then the second hour is a lift, whether that's upper body or legs is usually how it's divvied up and it alternates each day. And then that'll be from 8.30 to 10.30. And then at about 11.30, I go out for an hour and a half skate. That's a busy day. That's well, yeah, that, that's a day. So like I've said, coming back into the gym, you know how it is. I, I haven't been able to make it through a full week of those workouts yet, let alone go on the ice even yet. So I'm still adjusting that, but uh, yeah. that, that's the plan. That's the goal. And we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get used to it. It's also, you get the cardio before the lift too. Oh, so you're already gassed. The worst. That, and that's I'm, torture. I'm such a sweater. So I'm, everyone's just looking at me like this guy's a pig. Cause I'm leaking everywhere. And <laughs> I'm doing this like, footwork they're like move your hands and there's sweat flying off my fingertips and it's uh, just terrible and then to go grease up all the benches right after with the sweaty shirt <laughs> oh that's too good do you do you like to are you a golfer at all or like how do you spend the, the kind of other time other part of your day yeah i i picked up golf last year during the the pandemic and yeah i, I try to go out and golf as much as i can usually probably probably two or three times a week if i'm if i'm lucky but Usually I, I try to go at least a couple of times. I, I, I love it. It's unreal. Cardi, maybe you give him a couple lessons. Yeah, maybe. I, I charge 50 an hour though. So <laughs> he's got the money though, as you're just about to mention too. So um, I did want to mention that you signed with the New York Rangers. I'm curious. Did you, did you get yourself anything to reward yourself? Maybe like some new clubs or anything like that? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I got was some new clubs. I got some, uh, yeah, some new irons and a driver and a putter. And I'm just looking to, to finish the bag off with, uh, I think I need a, a wedge and a three wood. So uh, that was my gift for myself. And yeah, I'm super proud of them. All right. Not bad. And then put that, put that money away and invest it right. But our, our partners at Gavin Hockey Ball Specialists believe that your goals matter. After hundreds of early morning practices and countless hours on the ice or in the gym, you truly earned your success and you deserve to enjoy it. For over 20 years, the team at Gavin has assisted professional hockey players with setting goals and more importantly, providing them with a game plan to achieve them. Whether it's a house, a car, a cottage, some golf clubs, or even supporting your family, it's all within reach when you partner with a pro and you can check them out at gavingroup.ca. All right, now we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to the fan questions, everybody's favorite part of the week. And, uh, you know, our, our favorite question, the one that gets asked the most, what are your stick and specs? Um, I, I rock, uh, I think it's a, a 2N painted with the Nexus Geo cover, and then I got a 95, and I rock a P, P90 beak toe. So it's P90, and it's like a little little thing at the end. And I go, I think it's nipple grip for Bauer. So 95 nipple grip, P90 beak toe. What an answer with the paint job too. That's yeah. hey, that stick's about to sell out. Let's go, Bauer. <laughs> that stick's showtime, Rask. That uh, he's not messing around with that twig. Um, That's legit. Funniest guy you played with at the World Championship? Oh, funniest guy. I think the funniest guy there was Nick Paul from Senators. He he is hilarious and yeah, unreal dude. And I he I, I was laughing the whole time I was there. Yeah, that's what I heard from Fats actually too. He said uh, he was a beauty, so Rask, we yes. might have to get him on. And he scored the golden goal too, which we can't yep. forget about. Pretty big deal. So uh, he's pretty much the new Sidney Crosby around Canada right now. <laughs> but um, the next one we'll go to is who's the best chirper you've ever played with in your life? Oh, best chirper I've ever played with. 
Honestly, I, I'd say a guy I've, well, I have been with him for a long time in Brandon, Ben McCartney. Okay. He, he's uh, he, he takes a lot of chirps because he's a little gritty and he's maybe not the best looking guy out there, but I think <laughs> he's bad, but he, he takes a lot of heat, but he's, he's able to give it right back out in the way he plays and he's got some good chirps. So I, I love him. And yeah, he, <laughs> I, I'll give that one to him. Are you dishing chirps out there? Or are you pretty quiet? I'm usually pretty quiet. If, if something really gets me fired up, I, I might say a little something, but nothing too crazy. I like that. He, he calls his buddy ugly too, which is it just, <laughs> just, just toss him under the bus. That's, that's too good. That's, that's unreal. Oh, he's, not, he's a good looking cat, but he gets a, a lot of heat from other guys. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, favorite player growing up. I, I loved uh, watching Drew Doughty. He, he's uh, obviously with his career, he's my favorite, definitely my favorite player growing up. And for a while when I was younger, my favorite team was the Canucks and my, I wanted to be a goalie for a while. So I loved uh, Olympic Luongo. He was my, my guy when I was younger, young, young. <laughs> would you say like a guy like Doughty's, you, you kind of model your game after him? I, I would say when I was younger, I would try to model my game after. I wouldn't say that as much now because I think I, I'm developing more to that stay at, stay at home shutdown guy, and he's he's full two way. There's not many guys in the in the world, and especially in the NHL, that can play like him. So obviously, it'd be unreal to play like him, but I, I think that's that's that would be a little bit uh, I think cocky to, to well, say. Well, I mean, I'll say you show the two way with just your yeah. points in junior. I mean, if you keep developing yeah. on that pace, who knows? Who, who knows? He's he's a good guy to look up to. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say 27 and 22, guys calling himself stay at home. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, pre-game meal and game day superstitions? Uh, pre-game meal is whatever's there. I'm usually pretty basic with chicken and pasta and a salad, but uh, I'll eat anything I like mixing up with some salmon or steamed veggies or rice, like whatever whatever is there. It's It doesn't matter. And any superstitions? I I don't think I'm a very superstitious guy, but I, I guess I do like my routines. I usually, I always tape my stick at the same time and, and, and do the same things, but I, I wouldn't say anything that's crazy out of the normal for superstition. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Mikey DiPietro earlier and uh, we had him on like two weeks ago, I think. And this guy, when we asked him about superstitions and rituals, it was endless. Like, did you, take a, a peek at what he was doing over there at the world championship. Oh yeah. He, I, I, he's so, such, such a good guy, but yeah, I, I, I he was always doing something and yeah, I, I could see him having endless and endless, endless stuff going on. It started with the way like he folded his socks and put them on his pads when he comes into the rink. Like, and then it was from that time all the way until game, like he had something, it was nuts. Oh my gosh most like committed guys I've ever seen too, because he, he was the third string and he, I think he only dressed for a few games, but he like, when we had a practice day and like, I, I was, I would always go out there and shoot on him cause I wasn't playing very much. And so I would always go to the practice rink with him and I'd, I'd be rolling out, maybe uh, taking a stretch after the, the skate. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to go do my workout now. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're uh, I you can't do anything but respect it. Like he's such a good guy, and you got to drive like that when the the season's already over. It's you know, good for him. 
yeah high compete level and everyone knows mikey's a good guy from when we had him on before and we uh we got one more here for you last fan question is what's the difference between playing in the world juniors and the world championships i i would say obviously the ice and it being overseas the world championships but the the caliber of player like the world juniors is fast and the guys are unbelievable but when when you take that into question that they're they're men now and they're that much faster and that much stronger it's I, I would say just the speed and strength of players and and uh, even in the locker room like the the maturity of guys and how they carry themselves and how they they're so confident in what they do and know what they're doing yeah and you said like like you said earlier about Hartford and everything the pro level you see these are these are high-end NHL guys coming in so they're they've been doing it for a living for a long time and they know what they're doing so they definitely uh have a lot have a lot of years under their belts and uh, that's what makes them so good and that's why everyone got invited there so yeah kudos to you uh for for making that team and uh I think that pretty much does it uh for us we really just Thank you a lot for coming on the pod. I know Rask is going to tell you a little, little treat that our sponsors got for you. Yeah. Um, we're going to be sending you a beautiful Axle watch. I got mine right here. They're awesome. We'll, uh, we'll get your, your choice from the website and send that out to you as soon as possible, and you'll be looking good rocking that thing, uh, hopefully, into Madison Square Garden. That's unreal. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on. It was, it was interesting. And Well, I guess I'll put you on the spot before we let you go. Is there any, like, do you have any go-to hockey stories or something you'd like to tell, like a funny moment or something from your career that you want to share before we let you go? I, I, I wish I did, but like, there's nothing that like pokes out to me that, that was, that sticks out to me, I guess. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah, I, no, I, sure. I just put you on the spot last second. It's all good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to put him on the spot one more time here. Um, you're going to New York. We talked about, with Stromer about all the celebrities he meets all the time and gets to see at games. One person in the world that you would love to meet at MSG or just around New York, if you could meet one person. Well, I, I, I think I, I'll say, I'll say two, and it might be a weird question, but I, I think a guy, if you, if I was able to see a guy like JB walking around, I think that would be unreal. Obviously he's from Canada. And I've heard he's had a house there, but to see a guy like that would be sweet somewhere. Yeah. And I know he's a big hockey guy, and I'm not sure. Hopefully, the Leafs are, are well. I, I know next year they will be, but if to see him in, in the Garden would he's a, he's a huge, huge celebrity. And to see a guy and meet a guy like that would be unreal. Yeah, maybe you guys can do a uh, a little a duo song. Uh, yeah, I got a collab going. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you got. You sound like you got a nice voice for it, but uh, no, we won't keep you any longer, Schneids. Just really appreciate your time. Um, obviously. Congrats again on the gold medal and uh, we'll definitely catch up again soon. Yep, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the watch. That's unreal. And, and yeah, thank you again. All right. Thanks Schneids for that. It was a good interview and yeah, we got another dub guy on the show. So um, it was good hearing from him. He's a legit stud player. Like it, it'll be cool to follow his career and he's going to be in the NHL in no time. Yeah. He just adds to another list of uh, the young prospects that we've had on who fans get to know before they reach stardom and kind of where they started out and kind of hear their path. So just another good example of a guy who came up through the CHL and a guy who's going to be an NHL superstar one day. Oh yeah. And uh, just uh, we do have to touch on a sad topic. It's something we didn't want to skip over, but uh, Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender Mattis Kivlenix 
unfortunately passed away this week in a tragic accident. And we do want to send our condolences and love to his family, his teammates, anyone who knew him or, or uh, is a fan and the whole hockey community is kind of behind it. And it's, it's pretty tragic. We, we do want to just mention that can't forget him. And is there anything you want to say about it cards? No, I just want to wish our thoughts and prayers with, uh, with his family and friends at this time. Obviously it's a uh, super tough incident that went down and uh, having definitely gained a, a good goaltender and from what I've heard, a really good person. So exactly. Um, and uh, that basically wraps up. Is there anything you, you kind of want to say before we end it here? Yeah, maybe on a uh, lighter topic, uh, we got uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers facing off against Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson actually today as we, uh, tonight, oh. it'll, it'll air. So Tuesday um, night. Yeah, Tuesday okay. night. So give me your prediction. Wait, what time is that? I want to watch it. 5 p.m. Eastern. I just saw oh, Phil. Okay, later. fine. Um, I got to go with Tom Brady, man. You can never go against him. It doesn't matter what sport he's. And he's a good golfer. I watched the, the match last year with him, and uh, he's he's so good. So I'm going Team Brady. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm still getting the yawns out because uh, also this back part is, is filmed in the morning as well. But, um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I can't go against Brady, especially when I saw that TikTok of him just draining, like, 40-footers. Like he was. Oh, yeah, I saw that one too. So, I think yeah, I he, sent that to you, actually, yeah. Yeah, you did. And uh, so he's pretty nails. You can never against bet against Brady. A lot of people learned that at this year's Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that does it for us. Um, if you want a last word before I wrap it up, go ahead, Rask. But uh, No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> all right. So uh, he'll be quiet here, and uh, I'll send her off. But, uh, yeah, no, just another great week. And we mentioned before, thanks for all the fan questions. Thanks for all the support. You guys keep us going every week. So, continue to send in we love interaction with the fans um enjoy the week hopefully we get a lot of sunshine here coming up um yeah and everyone just take care enjoy your weekend get out on the course work on your golf game showdown showdown coming to you soon the boys signing out